How is this moment conditioned? conditioned perhaps by what you ate earlier, how you slept. <coughs> it's conditioned by the meditation practice you've been doing for a few days or much of a lifetime. Each moment, this mind arising, conditioned by all that prior meditation practice. Wow. This moment is conditioned by all of your interpersonal contacts with your mother, your father, the rest of your family, your teachers, your friends, each moment consciousness springs forth from the forward impulsions of prior thoughts and actions. Just like this moment springs forth. And it would seem that this conditioning is so strong. It's like, why should I even be on a path? Because it's all conditioned. And yet, the mind heads certain directions based on how we see the world. There's a process of intending the directing of the mind that happens both naturally from this vast sea of conditions and also moment by moment, more volitionally, let's say. We're going to explore intention, which is the second factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. in three time scales, in the scope of our lives, the overarching intention, the intentions that we set for any particular event, and then the moment by moment direction of the mind. And we'll begin with this overarching intention. Something like saying, where am I headed? 
Is the direction of my life wholesome? Is this life headed towards the constant cycle of consuming and losing and getting and losing again and all of that? Is it in the direction of release, of letting go, renunciation? Is the direction of this mind towards greater kindness in this life? Or perhaps greater cruelty? Greater love, kindness, maybe towards more anger, I don't know. You have to see for yourself. the direction of this life. It follows from what you consider valuable, what you see as being important. It's like a movement of the heart and somehow anything we do under the big umbrella of our life's direction, it may go against that little stream for a bit, but it eventually flows in that direction. What is that direction? It seems to matter if everything sort of eventually comes under it. Is there a, an aspiration? Is there a vow? Is there a commitment? Is the sense of direction conscious or is it just operating sort of by default? Does it incline towards the wisdom that you've touched? Does it incline towards the silence or the simplicity or the mindfulness or in the opposite direction towards entanglement and uh, agitation? How does your heart yearn? So when you pause, Give yourself and your partners the gift of dropping down beneath your own prattle, your own, you know, initial mental activities and go down, go down into the heart, go down into the belly. sense into the direction of this life, what deeply matters, what carries the other actions underneath it. 
again, acknowledging, like if you have a direction towards renunciation or simplicity, sure, sometimes something, particular thing goes towards complexity or confusion, but still, that direction can be felt, can be known. Sometimes it's necessary to drop down underneath even the cultural assumptions that may hide something that vibrates for you underneath. Maybe the culture longs for success of a monetary sort, for example, but something in your heart really longs for a success of release, you know? Look closely for yourself. Letting your practice of pause and relax and open support you as you touch samasankapa, wise intention, right intention, or whatever this overarching intention is. This life and its direction. In addition to the overall direction of our lives, 
intention can be seen in action associated with particular episodes or events or meetings or circumstances. And in this way, one can speak of setting an intention and practicing in a a way that's perhaps a little clearer. When I see my brother, I'm going to hold the intention of kindness no matter what he says. For just this one morning, when I go to work, I'm going to hold the intention to have my mind not proliferate too badly. (laughs) For just this phone call with my manager, I'm going to practice quietly in my mind loving kindness the whole time. And in this way, perhaps this samasankapa, right intention, can begin to find its way into places that the overarching intention can't quite soak into. You may have the overall intention for loving-kindness or for wisdom or for relinquishment, but when you go to a place that serves great dessert, you know, you're just gonna go get those desserts and it's, you know. But if you say, okay, I'm gonna hold this intention just for this meal, to watch the senses, to guard the senses, Just this one meal, not my next meal, just this one. For this vacation, I'm not going to drink, or I'm not going to do any work, or I'm not going to use the internet. It can be very simple. But underneath it, there's a guiding of the mind, an aiming of the mind. What does that aiming feel like? What does the results, what do the results of aiming feel like to you? What wholesome intentions have you engaged in this way, or can you see engaging or intrigue you to engage? How can the practice of wise, episodic intention follow from the wisdom that you touch, that you have touched on this retreat, or in encountering the Dhamma, or good friends? How can that wisdom come into action through your intentions? Specific episodes, periods, 
Let's see what's here. Don't know mind can help you. Discovery. Now we come to the most subtle and possibly challenging aspect and practice of intention, which is momentary. The intention associated with each thought, how the mind heads a certain direction, moves here, moves there, with each sense contact, each internally generated sense contact of thought. Where is the practice hook into this rush, this onrush of intentions associated with each thought, each mind moment? In the case of meticulous practice or a meticulous life, one could do one's best to be extraordinarily mindful to catch each swing of the mind, each direction towards sensuality or towards renunciation, each direction of a moment of anger or a moment of love and so forth. And indeed, we do such practice at times, all of us. There are times when we are that careful. Not just on retreat. On retreat, it's more obvious. But what would make the life we actually live um, most workable at this level of how the mind is heading and carrying us certain directions, leading to different actions moment by moment? How do we do that? How do we work with that? What kinds of structures are in place to support the mind moment by moment? Someone might place a Buddha or a Kuan Yin where it's visible to incline the mind in a wholesome direction. One might even simply put a window where there's a beautiful tree.
one might keep photos of loved ones and it could generate intentions of attachment, a kind of a emotional lust, but it could also generate intentions of kindness and care. One can choose one's friendships wisely such that at the intersection of the two of you, what's likely to arise without your micro-control is a wholesome direction of the mind. A friend who might say, let's go walk in the park, rather than say, let's go shopping. A friend who might say, uh, I'd like to talk to you about some thoughts that I've been having about the dying process, rather than saying, you know, Did you see new such and such a movie or something like that? So there's a life that is, in a sense, not just random but crafted by care that then influences the moment to moment arisings in the mind. Do we place ourselves in those situations where there are likely to be the influence towards anger and so on? Do we go to a political rally that is filled with anger or one that's filled with love or none at all? We, in this sense, we guard the senses Guarding the senses isn't just about sensory lust. Guarding the senses also has to do with hatred and dullness of mind. When one becomes a monastic, the overarching intention is clear in the form of his or her robes. The direction of the life is carried symbolically. And it's not so clear for us. But also, the monastic has the monastery, the circumstances. And so each thought that arises can be, in some way perhaps, supported towards renunciation, towards kindness. What's your monastery? Who are your spiritual friends? How do you guard the mind? Moment by moment, we're in a matrix of a life.
moment by moment. What's your practice? From countless momentary intentions, the tendency to set specific intentions at different times for different places will come forth. And from both of these, the aggregate, overall, overarching intention of our lives takes form. And it works the other way too. If the overarching direction and intention of our lives is wholesome, then perhaps some of the not so good intentions or even just the mindlessness can be carried because the river flows a certain way. If the mind, if the heart, if the life is generally headed towards love and disentanglement, there's uh, some space for those mindless moments or not so great decisions and so on. We can trust the river. And taken all together, this sankapa, sama sankapa, right intention, is the birthplace of action. From the direction of the mind comes the movements of the body, of speech, of thought. It all comes from here, from the source. And spiritual friendships make a big difference and you've been practicing right intention for this last hour and a half, couple hours, maybe for the whole retreat, you could see it that way. Exploring the direction of the mind affects the direction of the mind. So you might want to (coughs) see if there's some gratitude for the opportunity to engage the wholesome to encourage and increase the wholesome. And we'll join together in the large group. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.